Good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to the Digital Cathedral. Good to have you with me this morning, and I hope that you're ready to get into the Word and continue to discover what Paul is teaching in the book of Ephesians. We are working our way through that book, and this morning we're up to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to take on the first 16 verses this morning. But before we get over there, I want to, I want to kind of lay the trend on where I want to go with those 16 verses from some things that Paul told Timothy, very important things, and we're gonna talk about it today. And I hope this kind of shakes you up a little bit and maybe lets you see a couple of things from a little bit different perspective in light than maybe what you've seen in the past. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter four, 2 Timothy chapter four, verses six and seven. 2 Timothy chapter four, verse six, he starts out and he says this, he said, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. Here's, Paul is down to the end of his life, and he is saying, guys, I, I'm spent. I've given it all that I, I can give it. If he were a, a football player, he might say, at the end of the fourth quarter, he might say, I left it all on the field. I gave it all I could give it. I played my hardest. Every play, I gave 100%. And now that the, the game is done, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. He's ready to depart. He said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. I've, I'm spilled. I'm, I'm, I've totally given out. He says in verse 7, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now, at that juncture, at that point in Paul's life, there's something very important that we all need to catch, and that is this. Before Paul departed, he needed to make sure that he had deposited into somebody to carry on the ministry and to carry on uh, the revelation that he had, had been so faithful and spent his whole life, uh, after his Damascus Road experience, spent his whole life depositing into the life of the Gentiles. And he did that. And if you just back up one page in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 1, he says, you therefore, my son, he's speaking to Timothy, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If Paul would want us to be strong in anything, it would be the message of grace, pure, radical, hyper grace. He said, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Now, here's, here's, here's Paul's deposit. He says, Timothy, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, he said, I want you to commit those to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, there is, a, there is a line of impartation. We're going to talk about that this morning for the entire teaching. And that's where Ephesians is taking us in our text today. And we'll get there in just a minute. But I want to get you to think about impartation. The life, the life of sonship, the life of daughterhood is to impart Listen, it's the impart before you depart. This is what's separating our generation from every other generation. We see the necessity of kingdom building and passing to the next generation the revelation, the truth that we've received to help them build and carry forward. In fact, you remember what Jesus said in the last chapter of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18? You remember Jesus said, just as he's, as he's ready to ascend, the last thing he does, he's going to impart before he departs. And he tells the disciples in that 18th verse, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. You go, therefore, here's my power. I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you my, 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 my uh, ministry, and I want you to carry it forth. 
So we're going to talk about impartation this morning. Impartation, receiving impartation and giving impartation. And that's what, what we're going to find here in Ephesians chapter 4 that's really being taught by Paul uh, to the Ephesian church. Impartation, if I were to define impartation, it's very simple. Impartation is a transmission of spirit and truth from one to another. And that can occur a couple different ways that we're going to get into this morning. But impartation is simply a transmission of truth from one to another. So in this, in this fourth chapter of Ephesians, if you want to get over there, we'll start on this now. This fourth chapter of Ephesians, Paul makes a turn that is going to continue on through chapter 6. Remember I told you the first three chapters of Ephesians. Ephesians is separated into six chapters. First three chapters, he tells them what they have, what they possess, who they are, their point of origination, uh, the choosing of them in Christ before the foundation of the world. Then in the last three chapters, chapters 4, 5, and 6, he says, now that you know who you are and know what you possess, you need to live it out. You need to walk this message out. So let's pick it up and let me walk through a few verses with you and then we're going to really hone in on this impartation. But I want you to see it real strong uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, the first 16 verses. So let, let's start this. Verse 1. Remember now, 4, 5, and 6, he's talking to them about walking out the message. Verse 1, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. All right? So right out on chapter 4, he makes the change. In chapters 1, 2, and 3, he's saying, this is who you are. This is what God predestined you to be. This is what's been deposited into you. And now that you know that, now that you know what the call is, in that very first verse, he says, I want you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Then he tells them how to do it. Verse 2 and 3, he says, here's how you walk it out. Verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So verse 2 and 3 is the attitude and the Spirit that the son and the daughter are to carry. And that's going to be what you impart, right? That's going to be what you deposit into the life of other people once you have help them to understand who they are and what, and what they have been called to do, like the first three chapters, if you're running a Bible study or you're a pastor and you're watching this during the week, it makes a great uh, series to break this down into six messages, the first three about who they are, the last three about how to walk it out. So in verse four and five, let me read verse four and five. In verse four, he says, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mysteries of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. So he's saying, let me just go back now and refresh your memory that, that the Father saw us in Christ before the, the foundation of the world. And he placed us there it was fully his doing. He designed us and he transferred to us everything that he had. There was an impartation that has been hidden, a mystery that's been hidden. And the mystery that's been hidden is this impartation that the Father has made to us that he wants to immerse us in so that we can in turn immerse others in what we've been immersed in. All right? And that's, that's what you call uh, making a good, strong transference or an impartation. 
So here now he, he's gonna begin to give us the source of this, all right? Now just watch very carefully because he's going somewhere through verse seven and he's gonna make another change in verse eight about walking this message out. Now watch what he says in verse six. Ephesians chapter four, uh, I'm sorry, you know what? I was reading out of chapter three before. Let me read verses four and five again. It looked a little bit foreign. Verse four, he says this, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one source. The Father is the source. He's the point of origination. So he's imparted to you. Everything we have has come from one source. That's what I wanted to say. Verses four and five of Ephesians chapter four, there's one source. He's, he places us in Christ. The one source placed us in Christ. He imparted to us all that he is. He designed us gave us he had, immersed us in all that we need to have, immersed us in his very love, his character, his demeanor. And then he goes into verse six and he begins to say, okay, now here's where you get a right view. If you're gonna impart, you have to have a right view. So in verse six, after he says, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of the calling. In verse six, he says, there is one God and father of all who is above all, through all and in all. So he is the father of the cosmos. Everything that was born, everything that has a point of origination comes out of that father of verse six. He's the ultimate source. He is the origination of everything. Nothing exists outside of him. He's present in all. There is one God and father of A-L-L who is above all, through all, and in all. Now in the New King James, it says, and in you all. And religion has used that to say, well, he's just the father of the Ephesians, of the you all. He's talking to the Ephesians. But if you'll check the original, if you go to a Young's Literal, or maybe even in the center column of your Bible, you will see that the you was not in the original. It was added by translators. So it should read that he is the father of all, who's above all, through all, and simply in all, in all right? So he's, he's the father of the cosmos. He's the ultimate source, the point of origination. Everything comes from him. And, and he's beginning to talk now about what, what we need to impart. There's one body, one life, one spirit. There's no duality. There's one. Everything comes from that. We need to recognize it. That's what we need to pass on. You're not the devil's child. You weren't born with an edemic nature. You're not a dualistic being. You're one life, one spirit, one mind. It's all God. Then in verse 7, he says this. But to each one of us, grace was given. Each one of us, grace was given. How much grace do we have? He tells us. Now this sets the limit on what you can impart grace-wise. He says, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So you have grace today. Look at me right now, I wanna tell you something. You have grace today to the very measure that you measure the gift of Christ. Now if your Jesus is getting bigger, your understanding of grace is exploding. Your understanding of grace is expanding. You're becoming more grace-filled. You're acknowledging, you're recognizing, you're awakening more to the depth of the grace that he has for us, right? That's what he's getting across there in verse seven. So this shows the amount of grace that is given to us. It's given to the dimension, to the size and quantity of the gift of Christ. So the bigger your Jesus is, the more grace you have, the more, more you understand the message. So. I hope all of you in the digital cathedral that are with me every week, I hope your Jesus is getting bigger. <laughs> My Jesus is, 
My Jesus is bigger today than he's ever been in my entire life, and he's still expanding. I have not hit the, the boundary of how big Jesus is and, and, the, and the totality of the gift that he's given us. So these first seven verses, Paul is giving us truth. Uh, and now Paul is going to show us how we should begin to impart the truth of those seven verses. Because remember now, this chapters four, five, and six is about living this out. If you're a son and a daughter and you're manifesting or you want to manifest as a son or a daughter, then the way you manifest is by imparting the gift that you have, the truth that you have seen revealed. What has been given to you, you're able to give it back out. So now from verses eight, actually down through about verse 16, he tells us how this impartation should take place. And I want us to look at this and to see how squirreled up the system has become. All right, so let's pick it up in verse eight. So after verse seven, he says, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So our, our gift is getting bigger. Verse 8 says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? that? But that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. I, could, I would like to stop right there and teach the whole time on the principle of descending to ascend. Let me just give you the, the cliff note version. You can go as high as you've gone low. Before Jesus ascended, he descended. He went into the lower parts of the earth. He, he, he descended as far as he could go. Therefore, he ascended as high as he could possibly go. So there's a, there's a real strong spiritual principle in there that to ascend, you must first descend. So that's why maybe some of us have come through a process of descending. We've been made smaller. We've been, you know, saying, boy, I, I can't explain all this that's going on inside of me. Or God, why are you taking these things out of my life? These people and these priorities I've had, you're switching me all around and I don't object to it, but I want to know what's going on. You're descending because he has a plan of ascension for you. Now here's... Here he carries it on. He gave gifts to men, right? He who descended is one that descended that he might also uh, fill all things. Verse 11, and he gave some, these are the gifts, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are not gifts of the Spirit. Those are gifts of Jesus. Uh, they're called ascension gifts because when he ascended, he gave gifts. All right, now here's what, Here's what these five are to do. And this is where we get into the impartation. We, we saw in the first six or seven verses, Paul lays out, he says, walk worthy of the call that you have, all lowliness, meekness, uh, pouring yourself out, giving yourself out, having a right concept of the Father who is above all, through all, in and all. Make sure that's how you see the Father. Then make sure you understand the gift of grace is equal to how big you measure the gift of Christ. Now that you got that, Paul says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a way that we should begin to dispense that truth to everybody. So he's given five things, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now here's what they should be doing. Here's what you should be doing, right? Because every one of you has at least some of one of those five. All of you. Many of you have a smidgen of two, three, and some of you all five. An apostle can act as a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. It's, it, these are called hand gifts. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. The, the apostle 
can, is the only one that can touch the other four. He can function in all four of those, and he usually establishes churches. A prophet is the pointer finger, right? The evangelist is the, the, the longest outreach. The, the pastor is the ring finger. That's the commitment. That's the guy that brings us into covenant. And then you've got the teacher that brings balance. Without a little finger, you don't have much balance. So it's kind of a hand ministry. Some call it that. But there are five gifts. And I, I want to really emphasize you today, every single one of you have at least some of one of those. If you like order, uh, if you like things to be done properly, you're very organized, uh, you're structured, you're, you have some apostolic anointing because that's what an apostle does. Apostle strong on church government, making sure things are running right. Uh, a prophet gives direction. He's not so concerned about organization and structure. That's why apostles and prophets are a foundation of the church. While the prophet points the way, the apostle keeps things organized and working smoothly while the evangelist outreaches, signs, wonders, and miracles, and rings the dinner bell, brings them in, the pastor loves them and feeds them, and the teacher instructs. Do you see how they all work? So I could go through characteristics of all of those, and you would, you would probably recognize yourself in at least one of those, at least one, some, some two or three. So if that's you, then here's what you're to do with that gift that you have, are you ready? We should equip the saints that the saints might do the work of the ministry for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, let me just stop right there. Have we come to that place yet? Are we to the unity of the faith? Have we reached a, a mature knowledge of the Son of God, perfect man? Have we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? Absolutely not. So those five can still function. But I want to say some things about those five because we've polluted them. We've made them something they're not. But let me just read on. That you should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men whereby they weigh, uh, lie in cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. So if you come through verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, then verse 14, you should no longer be tossed to and fro like a child, running here, running there, believing this, believing that. Uh, I believe it today. I don't believe it tomorrow. I'm in today. I'm discouraged tomorrow. I'm pumped up today. I'm deflated tomorrow. That's all got to go. You, you, you never are going to help people mature, bring them to a, 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 an equipping for their ministry like Timothy did faithful men who would equip others also, nor are you going to bring people to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ because you won't be there yourself. You can't give what you don't have. So Paul, Paul puts that verse in there, and he says, that's, that's not how you should be. But he says, we should speak the truth, verse 15, in love and grow up in all things unto him or into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. And if I got any message for you at the Digital Cathedral, it's that you're a joint that needs to supply. If you catch anything from me, it's I want you to supply to the body, to other people, just through your lifestyle, through your attitude, the posture, the way you handle yourself. That, that's, how you, that's how you supply. That's how you supply. According to the effective working by which every part works, every part does its share. And when every part does its share, it causes the body to be built up in love. 
So that's, that, there's, a, there's a very strong line of impartation there. This is how divine help should, should, should come to the body of Christ to help us to walk out this message of love, of inclusion, of uh, mercy that endures forever, of ultimate reconciliation. But if people don't believe it, they can't impart it. And that we've been stuck somewhat there because there's been a resistance to the truth that Paul dispensed. The evangelical church has turned its back for the most part on inclusion, on mercy that endures forever, on unconditional love, on grace with no hoops and no laws and no ties to it. So we, the church has not been able to give it. So you're the generation, you're the wave of people that has come into the digital cathedral from all over the world. And we're not the only group by, by any means. There are a lot of groups like us right now. It's, it's sprung up, it's growing. But our job is to impart to those we come in contact with. I, 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 I don't think that the verse 11, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, We've distorted them. Listen to me carefully. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are not superstars. They are not the kingdom elites. They aren't special and the rest of us just peons that are on the face of the earth to serve the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And I think there's been too much of that in the body of Christ. We've come up through this, through this uh, system many times that has made elitism out of those five and they're not, they're not elite. If anything, they should be the servants of all. That's why I was careful to tell you that you have at least some of one of the five in you. That's, that's truth be told, we all got some of one of them, right? I know, I know the parts I play and I, I bet that if we were to talk, if you don't know the parts you play, I bet within 20 minutes I could help you see the part that you're to play because it's what you naturally are. It's what you're drawn to. It's what you enjoy doing. It's how you like building up other people. If it's remaining organized or pointing direction or reaching out in love or bringing them into covenant or imparting through teaching uh, uh, to enlighten them and help that gift of grace by their concept of Jesus growing, you, you fit into that group. So we're to give what we have or impart to others. This whole section of scripture is about impartation or transference. And I'm not talking, uh, when I talk about impartation and transference, I'm speaking kingdom. I'm not talking about demonic transference or being afraid if you go somewhere, a devil's gonna jump on you. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I don't believe in any of that. I believe the one that is in me is greater than any, any so-called uh, demonic force in the world. I just believe that. So I'm not talking about that. So if that's your background, if you've got that deliverance or some of that charismatic stuff in your background, get it out. Because I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a transference of kingdom truth, kingdom principle, kingdom power from one person to the end. And the end result of that we read should be verses 15 and 16. Let me read it again. Speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things into him, we grow into Christ, which is the head, from whom the whole body is fitly joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. If every joint is not supplying, then there's, there's a tear in the body. Every joint is not connected. It's not supplying. If, if one of us are backing off, 
And we supply according to the effective working by which every part, every part, every part, every part does its share, which creates growth of the body, building itself up in love. In love. That's how this works. That's the end result. That's how we should begin to walk as every joint, as every every part of the body supplying. That's how we start walking this message out. First three chapters are dynamic. I, I told you I want to do your happy dance every time you take a section of the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. But now that happy dance turns into, all right, let's walk this out. Let's begin, let's begin to supply the part that we have. Let's begin to do what we should be doing. So a, a, a proper measure of the gift of grace or understanding how big Jesus is, is really the beginning of the impartation. Until, you're, until you've got a Jesus that's bigger than religion, bigger than doctrine, dare I say it, bigger than a book, until, you're, until you see the Father as being in all, being the Father of everybody, then, then the flow of impartation is gonna somewhat diminish. But there is a pure flow of impartation that flows but it's been polluted. We, we have, we've clogged the pipe of impartation by religion, by self-interests, by building ministries over people, by making uh, platform superstars, uh, by seeing those that stand up on a stage and minister as being the haves, and all of us that are sitting out in the chairs, we're the have-nots. And that's, that's, a, that's a poor job of those ministries uh, to present themselves in that kind of light. The life of sonship is a life of change. And that change, every change that comes into your life, listen, every change that comes into your life is gonna come because of an impartation. Now that impartation can come one of two ways. It can come directly from the spirit of truth bringing revelation, and that happens a lot. We're, a lot of us are seeing a lot we never saw before, and it's coming as a direct spirit impartation. Every change we go through comes by impartation, either through revelation by the Spirit or from each other. Verse 16, about the joint supplying and every joint uh, building up the whole body, that's one to another. But verse seven, getting an accurate measure on the gift of Christ so that we know how big grace is, a lot of times that comes by the spirit of truth because there's nobody around that can impart the measure of the gift of Christ that we need to see to get grace big enough that we can impart and stretch people to understand it to the level they really need to get it. Are you following me? So there's two ways impartation comes. Change comes by impartation. Impartation comes from two dimensions, spirit to you or person to you. Now you need both. You need both. So don't get hung up on just one or the other. I know people that say, I'm not gonna listen to nobody. I don't let nobody teach me. I don't let any man talk to me. That's wrong. You need to let every joint build and supply strength. Other hand, I got people that, that say, you know what, God never talks to me. I never see anything by the Spirit. Uh, I have to get teaching from people. It's the only way that I can grow. No, 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 no. We need both. And what we're catching in this move right now is a is a deeper realm of spirit that's the shift and so the deeper realm of spirit that you're moving into and the the, the the higher consciousness the transcendent life that you're enjoying that now begins to flow out of you to other people 
That's, that's what's opening the door wide to the entrance of the kingdom that we can see. It's flowing from this kingdom that is within that we can't see. But now as you impart, as you give out what you have, the, the kingdom now becomes visible through what you give into others. The kingdom within is built because you were willing to receive. And if you weren't willing to receive, then the kingdom within was not built. And as a result of that, you're not able to extend the kingdom without. Your extension of the kingdom without will never be bigger than what the kingdom you have built within. Jesus said something very interesting in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11 and 12. And uh, I guess I should read that. I was just going to quote it from memory, but I, I, I want to make sure I get the, the wording right on this. Turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said something very interesting that I, I'm applying to the lesson this morning. It maybe has more than one application, but I think it has a good application for us today. Verse 11, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, that to them it has not been given. Now watch, when you understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to you it's been given. Digital cathedral, to you it's been given. I've explained it to you. You've seen it over on Don Keithley Ministries page. There's, there are some excellent people that are unveiling the kingdom. You've got the secret to the kingdom. And we've got a whole world out there that it has not been given to. Why it's been given to us, I, I don't know. God, God's got his way. He's got his timing. He's got his, his order that he's uh, unveiling it to. But to you, it's been given. Now watch what he says in verse, in verse 12. This is important. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Once you get handled on this, once you see some of it and it excites you, you want more, more will be given. To him that has, more will be given. But when you reach this place where you go, I'm not sure, I'm stopping right there. I don't even, I don't know about this grace stuff. You know, I think, I think you must have to do something. This is right there. What you have is going to be taken away. It's going to stop. You're going to become stagnant. And in the kingdom, you can't remain stagnant. You're either moving forward or going backward. So when you become stagnant and everybody else moves forward, then in reality, you've moved backward even though you haven't changed position. Do you see that? When, when your friends keep moving forward and you haven't moved, it's like you've moved backward. What you have is, doesn't mean a whole lot. It's in reality been taken from you because you haven't kept up. So I, I'm challenging you today that when you grab this stuff, understand, if you keep pursuing it, more is going to be given to you. There's, there's no impartation without communication. And there's no communication without an impartation. Every time that you, every time you communicate, you're imparting your attitude, your priorities, your values, uh, your inner thoughts. Every time you you communicate to somebody, you're imparting to them. Now, you, if you're imparting negativity and death and, and fear and panic, that's what you're imparting into people. You can impart it into your children very easy if they're small. But on the other hand, there's no impartation without communication. Every impartation I've had has been communicated to me either from the spirit of truth, as I read, study, meditate, he shows me, or it's come from somebody else. 
Now I'm going to say some things about this. When you communicate, you're imparting. I want you to understand that. It's a, it's a two-way spirit to spirit happening. It's a transmission from one to another, either from spirit to you or from person to you or from you to another person. Okay, are you with me? Impartation is the means by which the spirit of truth conveys to one another. It's, it's the Christ to you. Have you got an impartation that way? Have there been things in your life that you have seen that nobody ever told you, but the spirit of God revealed it? I bet there have probably been things that you have learned from a teacher that after you, after you were taught, after it was imparted to you, communicated to you, then you saw it, right? It happens, it happens both ways. But now listen closely. Listen closely. What is your question? Can you see why you should be choosy about who has access to your inner life to impart to you? You need to be very careful. Be very choosy. Do you, do you see why I'm saying that? Because every time somebody communicates, they're imparting, if you receive it that way. Paul said something that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it's been used a lot of different ways. And again, there's probably, you know, with all scripture, there's probably three or four ways to look at all scripture. But I, 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 I kind of pulled the truth out of this for my life. Uh, something I kind of live by, and I just want to pass it along to you uh, just for what it's worth. Fair enough? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. He says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I, we've taken that scripture and applied it like to marriage. Don't, a believer shouldn't marry an unbeliever, and I'm, I don't want to get into all that. But what I've taken, what I've gotten out of that, what the Spirit of God has shown me, and nobody's really taught me this, is I, I can't yoke myself to somebody who's not believing on the level that I'm believing. I'm gonna let that sink in. I can't join myself, spirit to spirit, to somebody that's not believing on the level I'm believing. That means my circle of friends is continually changing to some level, unless they're changing. He says, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? So if somebody is not walking in the light in an area and you are, then there's not a lot of fellowship that you have. And they may, by, by their impartation, discourage you from what you've seen, from what's been imparted to you. So he goes out all the way through verse 18, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I think is a very strong... Uh, uh, encouragement there that Paul makes that it's very important who you connect with. In this day, I tell you what, it's, it's important. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus did not give everybody access to his inner life. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus never excluded anybody. Jesus taught everybody. Jesus healed everybody. Jesus fed the multitude. And in that multitude, there were people that were just there for the loaves and fish to, be, to abuse the gift of Jesus. He still served them. Paul said he'd given himself to all men. We freely give. We don't exclude. We don't cut ourselves off from people. But Jesus did not give access, neither did Paul, to everybody to his inner life. He cut it off. You don't believe me? Look what he says in John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse 23. Now, this is really important. I'm getting into some really heavy stuff today that may shake your world a little bit, but you're going to be better for it if you listen to me. 
I'm not saying you can't have the friends you have. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you have to cut people off. I'm not saying that you got to become uh, uh, out in a cave somewhere and not have, be around people. No, 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 no. Hobnob with everybody. Love everybody. Uh, work with everybody. Don't exclude anybody. But you're careful about who speaks and imparts to your inner man. Watch what Jesus said. John chapter 2, verse 23. John chapter 2 and verse 23. John chapter 2 and verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, now watch carefully, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did. Now, here's the lesson. When people begin to see your gifting, they're going to want to be your friend. When you begin to dispense uh, the wisdom of God to people in our situation, they're going to want to be your friend. They, want, they wanted to be Jesus' friend. They wanted to get close to Jesus because they saw what he did. Now watch verse 24. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. He knew what they were after. They were just after his gifting. Jesus, Jesus sealed himself off from that. And it says in verse 25, and he had need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. He knew what was in man. People will flock to your gift. If, if, if you're a pastor, there'll be people that are your friend while you're the pastor. But when you're not the pastor anymore, they don't go to lunch with you anymore. They, don't, they, don't, they don't, aren't around anymore. They were there because of who you were, right? That's, that's not a real friend. And you got people, I, I said you have some of the five in you. you. As you exercise that, as you begin to you know, maybe you're an apostle and you come into a situation and you can bring order out of disorder. You come into a chaotic situation, you're able to assemble it. That's the gift of an apostle. Or maybe you, you're one that has vision and you can see where we need to go and how we, you know, how we should get there. So you're pointing the direction. Or, or, or maybe you're the evangelist, you know, you just, you, you just pour out on people, you speak to them and all of a sudden they're changed, a miracle takes place, uh, all that kind of stuff. Or you're a lover of people and you bring them into close covenant or you teach and you exhort, all that kind of thing. People come to you because of your gift. That's why they came to Jesus. Jesus fully understood that. Sometimes people come to you because of your gifting to sell you something. They're, they're selling themselves. They want to attach to you. Don't buy what they're selling. Know what was in all men. That's what Jesus said. I know, I know what's in you. I know, I know your motivation. I know your heart. I know who you are. We're not, I'm not yoking to you. I'm not, I'm not coming in, into a relationship with you. Everybody needs a Peter, James, and John, right? Jesus had those three. We need a Peter, James, and John. And you're, you're really a fortunate person if you've got two or three people in your life whose heart you know and who refuse to leave you on your worst day. When you really hit the pits, you hit the skids, they absolutely stick with you through thick and thin. Even though you might be acting like a jerk, you, you've blown it, they don't leave. They love you, they're attached to you, you know their heart. Don't be yoked, here's what I'm trying to say. Okay, if, if, I, if I've snowed you under, listen, let me just make it easy, let me simplify. Don't be yoked or committed to people that are not going the same direction you're going. I'm, I'm just fathering you for a minute. Let this old man father you. Don't be yoked or committed to people that are not going the direction you're going. Now again, let me say, love them, be with them, 
associate with them, impart to them, but be careful what you allow to be transferred into your inner man from them. And again, I'm not talking about this, this hokey charismatic demons jumping on you from people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what you open your heart to and what you give place to, what you give priority and importance to. If they're not walking where you're going, you just need to love them, be friends with them, but you don't embrace, they don't, you keep that boundary, they don't cross it. I'm talking about attitudes, lifestyle, prejudices, judgments, all those things can be transferred if you don't have eyes and ears to hear by the Spirit. Now you people at the Digital Cathedral, some of you very mature people, You've been in church, you've been around spiritual things for years and years and years. You recognize hype over anointing. You know when somebody's hyping. You, you know when you're being tra uh, manipulated and controlled. You see that. Don't, don't hook up. Don't, don't give a big offering to somebody that you know has manipulated or uh, tried to corner you and shame you if you don't. Right? I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Watch, watch this. Watch this. Because if you don't, it's going to catch you. When you, start, when you start manifesting, as you continue to manifest, you're already manifesting. You may realize it, not realize it. You're already manifesting. As you begin to really come out and it becomes obvious and you begin to see it in yourself, if you buy, there's going to be a, a, a temptation given to you to buy into what they're saying. It came to Paul and Barnabas. Go to Acts chapter 14. Look at this. They had a chance to fall. They had a chance to be set on a pedestal. They had a chance for the big offerings, for the, for the, for the jet plane, for the, for the perfect hotel room, for the gift basket with all the right candies and treats in it. Look, look at this, Acts chapter 14, verse eight. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was, was sitting, a crippled man from his mother's womb. He'd never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul. Oh, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And the man leaped up and walked. Think about this. Paul did a miracle right there in front of a crowd. A man that had never walked. Paul said, stand up and walk. And the man stood up and walked. When the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Oh, how easy it is to fall for the praises of people. <laughs> oh, how easy it is to, to, to just embrace that. And Paul and Barnabas could have said, you're absolutely right. We, you know, what can I say? We amazed ourselves on this one. We, we, we are really something to behold. I mean, we, I, I guess we are something special. I don't see anybody else doing this. And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Zeus whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands, a big offering, big checks, and brought it out to the gates, intending to sacrifice, watch, with the multitudes to Paul and Barnabas. Do you see the setup? These people were putting them on a pedestal. They were now the platform superstars. And Paul and Barnabas, now they had to make a choice. Were they gonna receive all the offerings? Were they, gonna, were they going to agree with the accolades and the pats on the backs and the praises of the people? Were they going to agree with this pedestal position that they have been given? Watch, watch what they did. Watch what they did. Uh, verse 15. 
Verse 14, but when the apostles Barnabas and Saul, Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, ran in among them, didn't separate, ran in among them and cried out, saying, men, why are you doing this? We are also men with the same nature as you. Didn't say we got a God nature, you got an endemic nature. We got the same nature as you. We got the same nature as you. And preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all the things that are in them. So Paul and Barnabas took that occasion of the accolades to turn, they deflected the praise. See, that's what you always do. When somebody comes to you and says, man, that song you sang, I've never heard such anointing out of song, that song before. I've heard that song sung by so many people, but there was something on it. What do you do? You can either drink that praise in or you deflect it. You can say, well, you know, I just really appreciate the church giving me the opportunity to minister that song, or I, I really thank God that he has given me that ability, and, you know, maybe he put something special on it for you today, and I, I just thank God for that. You don't, you don't drink it in. You'll have the opportunity to do that. I will assure you there will be people with a demonstration of a gift happen in the life of Jesus, happen in the life of Paul. It'll happen in your life too. Remember at the start of the lesson day when we were in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, Paul said, walk out this message, walk out this life with humility and lowliness of heart. Keep a good attitude. Always, always be just a guy like Paul ran in among them. Just, I'm a man among men, just like you. I got a nature like you. So as, as you, as you change, as you continue to ascend, as you, as your vibrational level increases, as you live a transcendent life, listen to me, run with people that are changing and ascending the way that you are. You say, well, there ain't nobody around my city that's, that, gets this, I'm all by my lonesome, then be by your lonesome. Again, doesn't mean you can't associate, doesn't mean you can't have friends. Fellowship, be part of, go to lunch with them, you know, uh, smoke a cigar with them, whatever you wanna do, doesn't matter. But when they say things, when they demonstrate things, you don't receive it into yourself. You hear it with spiritual ears, you see it with spiritual eyes, and you discern it by the Spirit, and you don't drink it in. James gave us a great tip in James chapter three. James, James really nailed this one down. Here's, here's the tip off. Here's the big tip off right here. James chapter three, let me get over here. Right after Hebrews, James chapter three and verse 16. Here's the tip off. For where there is envy and self-seeking, where that exists, he says you'll find confusion and every evil thing there. So when you're around something and you hear envy, you hear somebody putting somebody else's gift or ministry down or putting else down somebody else, that's envy. That's self-seeking. You can write it down that there is confusion in every evil work going on behind the scenes. Don't drink that in. Don't agree with the person. Well, you know, that guy over there, I hear what he's teaching. He's just drawing people to his... Don't drink it. Don't agree with it. You run with the people that are running the way that you're running, and that is to build up the body of Christ every joint supplying to the building up and the edifying of itself in love, in love. <clears throat> For there's envy and self-seeking where that exists, verse 16, confusion in every work are there. Now here's, where you, who, here's who you wanna run with. The wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, and willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
Now, when you find people that are living a pure, peaceable, gentle life, willing to yield, that full of mercy, good fruits, that aren't, aren't people of partiality, that like this group, don't like that group, uh, that race of people's out, or that denomination, they're, they're excluded, and they're without hypocrisy, that's who you want to run with. That's where you're going. That's the message that's coming into your life. Now, some of us have messed up on this because you know what? We have, we have so desired to hear what God is saying that we've run all over the country to get an impartation from a superstar. How do I know that? Because I've done it. When I was early back in the, in the, in the 90s, I just come into the prophetic and I was seeing some amazing things. I didn't get it. So I wanted, and I'm not gonna tell you where I went, but I went somewhere and the superstar called me out. I just said, superstar called, called us out. Went up front, laid hands on us, you know, imparted something to us. But I'm gonna tell you what he imparted to me. He didn't impart life. He imparted the same death that was working in him because of what James said. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Later it came out. Later it became evident. Here, listen to me. Listen to me. Look me in the eye. If you're the one, if you're a kind of person that sets in a meeting when a prophet is in the church, in the in the auditorium, wherever, if you're sitting in your seat and you're all excited, you just hope you're trying to do something to get his attention suddenly. You just want him to make sure that he gives you a word, uh, he calls you out, it, or, or if you have to rush down front to get the man of God to lay his hands on you, stop it. Stop it. Quit. Make a shift. Start to listen to the voice that is within you. That prophet, that superstar, that man of God that you want to lay hands on you, they don't have anything that you don't have. Now, if I'm, if I'm in a meeting and someone calls me out, I'll, I'll listen to the word. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it before God. I'll say, what about this? But I'll tell you what, if I, if I know something is a wrong or a jar or I'm being used or manipulated or that guy, you know, when I was pastoring and, and, and we had a, a nice church and everything going good, I knew there were, there were people that were trying to get close to me because they wanted me to invite them. I understood that. I, I understand. I, I wasn't buying it. I didn't bring somebody in unless I first saw them. I had some kind of little relationship with them at least, uh, been around them. Uh, stop it. Quit doing that. Start relying on the one that was, is within. Now, the impartation, a lot of times that you get from other people, person to person, that transmission, it'll come from somebody you don't even expect. You'll be standing out in the church foyer talking to somebody, and they will say something that is like a bowl of lightning strikes you in your spirit. And you're, whoa, that was for me. I got it. That, that just turned a light on it in an area for my life. They just imparted the life that was in them. See, in Matthew, in Acts chapter 14, that's exactly what happened to Paul and Barnabas. These people got all jacked up because they saw something they had never seen before. Paul rejected it. Barnabas rejected it. You rejected it as well. You are receiving a lot more spirit impartation from, from the spirit to you than maybe what you realize. So I just want you this morning to understand this impartation thing because point forward, everything revolves around your ability to receive impartation, and to give impartation. The communication that arises from him to you or from others to you or from you to other people. It's spirit to spirit, and you discern it by spirit. You have to learn to discern it by spirit. So this morning, I haven't given you concepts. I haven't given you principles. I, I have 
I have bypassed your thinker today. I have spoke to you spirit and I've imparted to your spirit and I hope that you've received it that way. You're hearing by spirit this morning in your spirit and I hope your spirit is saying, I love this. I love this. I want a second helping of it. I need to hear more about this. Every good thing from the Father comes by an impartation, not by effort, not by sweat. It comes from spirit. It comes from people. And when you start supplying what you supply, you also give back to people. I mean, he's the one that gives life and breath to all, and he will certainly reveal to you. I'm telling you, we're living in an explosive time. I've never seen revelation flowing like it's flowing today. You're being awakened 24-7. When you sleep, you're being awakened. When you sleep, the Spirit of God is active in your life. The flow is so strong and so fast. It's like a river that's so fast you can't cross it, right? You, do, you can observe it. You can, you can drink it in. You can marvel at it. But the, the, the revelation is coming so fast, sometimes you just can't hardly get a hold of it. It's the tsunami wave we've been looking for. Prophesied, said it was coming, and it's here. So in the tsunami, just be like a master surfer. Be like a master surfer. When this wave rolls in, just get on top of the wave and ride it all the way in. God bless you. Receive, give, and let's live a life in the Spirit. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person today in the digital cathedral. I pray that they would receive all we had to say today that was spirit in life. I pray that uh, their discerner would be sharp this morning and they would drink in everything that they need to drink in at this point in their journey. Father, continue to work with us, continue to show us, continue to reveal to us, and we give you all the praise, all the praise. He's a good God, and I'll tell you what, he's getting gooder all the time. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your monthly support. I appreciate it. You're making a big difference in a lot of people's lives. I hope you know that. I try to make sure I get a little thank you back to you. If you give through PayPal, if you give through the uh, uh, Vanco, I don't really see it when it comes in, but through the PayPal I do, and I usually try to send you a little note back and say thank you very much. You're an important part of what I'm doing and what we're doing together. God bless you. See you Wednesday night on Wednesday Night Live.